Hello, Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and welcome back to this week's episode. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, it would be amazing if you could leave a short review on Apple Podcasts to help us climb the charts. Before I introduce my next guest, I'd like to mention there's a brand new Musai mix available up on our SoundCloud page, curated by Olive over in Sydney, Australia. This week, you'll be meeting sports psychologist, professional kite surfer, peak performance coach, and sports coach, Hashkat Salandova. Before she totally immersed herself into kite surfing, Katka was a lifelong snowboarder, splitboarder, skier, and climber. Katka's company, Helios, supports her clients in achieving their peak performance to especially remove any blockades or fears and making their minds much sharper. Clients are typically athletes, sportive, or corporate communications. Katka is also a coach at She Flies, which is an organization supporting women in extreme sports. She also helps with the Kite Surf Mindfulness Retreat. Today, we discuss sports psychology, peak performance, overcoming blockages and fears, and so much more. This Kite Surfer Musai is an athlete to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at Katka underscore Salandova. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Katka Salandova on Musai Collective. Hello, Katka. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm doing very well. <laughs> Looking forward to our talk today. Yeah, so for everyone here listening, we're in Cabarete, Dominican Republic, which is the kite surf, windsurf, and surfing capital of the Caribbean. And Katka, you're also a professional kite surfer and sports psychologist. So this makes for a very interesting conversation today. <laughs> and I want to start off this conversation by having you share your origin story. And, you know, when did you first fall in love with kite surfing? And when did you decide to do this professionally? Yeah, so I guess when I was 15, I have had already like a few years snowboarding and skiing and I loved it. And then I saw kite surfing somewhere in a magazine, I think. And then I just like wanted to do it like badly but then like of course it's like a expensive sport and like my parents didn't really like want to support me in, at this so I kind of uh, started when I was 21 or 22 like did my first course and um, then from then on it kind of became part of my life and yeah so it's an interesting question about the how it started professionally because like first I have been always like doing a lot of sports was like the main part of my life but I've never considered myself like an athlete or something if you do like extreme or like outdoor sports you like have to put a lot of time into it yeah because yeah you just like need to go to location so it's kind of becomes like your your life kind of you know like way of living and so I started to well as I'm a psychologist and I've been like coaching all these for like yeah probably like 20 uh, 12 years already right now and um, then it kind of like became from I'm teaching and coaching it I also was like well actually I really really do it myself and I love doing it myself and well last year or it'll be not even a year in April last year I came here to Cabaretta and started foiling which is like what is spoiling for what really is spoiling, actually, yeah. <laughs> So kite surfing on a board which has like a mast under it, so like a stick, which can be like between like half meter to like a meter long with like a wings. So what you do, you float above the water. 
above the, above the surface of the water, which is like an amazing feeling. I've seen it, but I never <laughs> understood what was happening because I was like, they look like hoverboards, like something from the future. Yeah, like exactly. Back from the future, yeah. but on the water. Yeah. So you're like, you're like floating above the water. And as you say, from the future, it is pretty much because it's just an, the most incredible feeling I have had in my life. Like cool. next to a snowboard powdering, powdering in a snowboard, like if, in a fresh snow, which is like you're flying kind of, you're like feeling you're flying. Um, so this is has been always the highlight. Foiling, it's just like kind of the same thing. So you're like flying over the water. It's incredible. So I fell in love. You can hear. I fell in love. <laughs> I, I could talk uh, the next two hours about it, how amazing it is. So I fell pretty much in love with it. I uh, started, like there are like different disciplines too. So you can be like, just like free riding, like cruising around. You can start jumping with it too. But you can also go like super fast because it uh, has like very low resistance because it's just like this knife, let's say, like this mask that you have under the board. So it doesn't really touch the water. So you can go like super fast. So there I rediscovered my passion and love for like speed. And so I started to train to um, come to, to go to a competition in foil racing, which is like you go on a speed. Okay. So like in summer, I went to my first competition and yeah, a few weeks ago too. And is that what brought you to Cabarete, the sport? <laughs> Actually, yes. Okay. But yeah. I have never, that's so funny because I've never wanted to go to Cabarete. Like, that's like funny. I, have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have like displayed, like, I don't want to go to Cabarete because I didn't really like the sport because it's like choppy, wavy, and I like, I have left uh, always flat water sports. But like with the foiling, you don't really, like, you, it doesn't matter if it's wavy or not because you're above the wave. Ah. So you don't really feel Oh, that's it. cool. Yeah. Okay. And so it just became the best spot. Okay. Like, I know. And I have been to many spots in the past, like, four or five years. And now this is your new passion. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've also been a psychologist for the last five years. And when was it that you made this fusion to focus on sports psychology? Can you tell us what exactly you do as a sports psychologist? Yeah, so as I've said, like for the past kind of like 12 years, I've been coaching sports. So I always like try to put like new approaches, new methods into it, like what I've learned during my studies. So to like improve the uh, mindset, work with the fears or limiting beliefs. And yeah, so probably like four years ago I pretty much like started to, to work with like at least at first it was like my just my clients or like just like normal people that would like learn the sport but then I started to work with athletes and so like what I do is on one side um, working with the mindset um, so recognizing or oh, like boosting the awareness of what is there what are the limiting beliefs what are the blockades and then work on them and like using like different methods, working with imaginations, having a look on what is going on in the mind, what thoughts you have, what emotions you have, and how you can make them better in order to boost your performance. Okay. And the other side, I call it kind of cleaning up. So I call it kind of like a cleaning or like looking what is like, what are the 
things that are uh, limiting you, what are like your fears, your blockades, if there were, for example, like injuries or like kind of traumatic experiences, reprogram all these limiting beliefs that you have into adaptive thoughts. Okay. So, I mean, that kind of brings me into my next question is the process and, you know, what are the steps that someone can take to overcome these ways of thinking, the fears, the blockages, limiting beliefs, and to step into their best version of themselves? Is it just like practicing, you know, affirmations? Is it like imagining yourself doing the activity and then going out and doing it? Is it kind of like this? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you ask for the steps, so I like it the most, like starting with uh, exercises, which we would call like mindfulness exercises. So with the goal to get aware of everything, what is there? Because like sometimes we are just doing things and we are not really aware of it. So like you're doing a trick and then like at certain point it doesn't go and you're like trying, trying and you don't really see there's something like physically or technically, but it could be like there's something that like blocks you in your head. So sometimes, for example, as you say, like if we talk about imagination, people can imagine the steps till some certain point and then there's like blood. And so they cannot see like further. So there's something. So we have to work on this like that way. Uh-huh. Or there are like some thoughts that come into mind, like, or even like tensions in a body that like you kind of like fear to do like the next step because it's like something new, it's something that you haven't done or something that you like had some problem with or like you got hit there, you had some injury. So having a look, okay, what is there? Getting aware of it. And once we are aware of all these things, then we can start to work on them. So as you have said, we can work on the thoughts. So like making from thought, like I fear that I can do it, uh, which is like connected, like all the associations in your memory are connected then with like more adaptive and positive things that uh, lead you easier and faster to the goal. Because if you imagine, if you imagine the word, I'm afraid of doing it. So you already feel it in your body. You're like tense, you're not relaxed. So your body doesn't react appropriately and with the highest flexibility. Let's say you're in competition setting and um, you have all these um thoughts that you wanna like be the first, okay? But you have just the thoughts you wanna be the first. So if you imagine that you have like hundred percent of your like working memory that you can like put into all these things that you need to do to actually be the first, but then like twenty percent of it you just think I wanna be the first, I wanna be the first. Then you have just eighty percent to concentrate on the actual actions that you need to do with your body and your mind to actually give the best performance so we also have like a look on like what are the things that you like have in your mind and is it something that you actually need or like it's something that you don't need at all then we also set a mindset so like for example if you train you need a different mindset as if you for example compete Because like in training, you can like try anything, you want to try new things. Now, when you compete, you want to just do what you need to do at the moment. Would you say that this is kind of like uh, similar to applying like peak performance into life, work, business, having a peak performance mindset 
and applying the pillars of peak performance. And for those listening, what is peak performance to you, Katka? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally. Actually, so besides working with athletes, well, how we would describe an athlete? So a person that wants to be the best, uh, step out of the comfort zone, recognize the fears and the limits and then uh, like break on them, you know, and like try to give the best, like having like the, this highest goals, the, the, this challenges. So I also work with the people that like in a working uh, life or like business life that like want to reach the best. And yeah, so you can pretty much apply all these things to it. Peak performance. I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on it in general (laughs) lately, and I'm finding, you know, there's like little things that you can just apply in your day-to-day life to achieve the best version of yourself. Little things that we take for granted, such as like adequate sleep, drinking lots of water, (laughs) getting some sunshine if you can, especially as living here, especially you on the water, getting your sunshine (laughs) and fill every day. And, you know, eating whole foods, even things such as like meditation or moving your body, exercise, these things that will help you reach a higher level of performance in your work life, in your athletic goals, or maybe it's just business. I've been really like <laughs> into this lately. And mm. I was like, you know what? I want to feel like the best version of myself. <laughs> so I think it's really cool. Yeah. So uh, one thing is also to, to allow yourself to dream big. To dream big, like to really like anything you can imagine, you can do. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so, like, then you need the motivation to do it. Yeah. Because of and dedication. Yes. Like these are the things that you just like really need to like put everything into it, and then like anything is possible. But also, like, part of the peak performance is that like, what is your peak? What is what is your when peak? you reach? Exactly. <laughs> and as you say, like, oh, of course, like all these small things. Yes. Like. Um, well, I've just been talking about the mind, which is like something that we kind of tend to forget, but which like makes like 70, 80% of like everything what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's also like in the athletic performance, isn't it? Like if we, if we thought about an athlete then we thought about something physical, but of course they are very good physically and technically, but like then the mind makes the difference what i want to say is like all these small things that you or small things that you have said like uh the good sleep of course we need to have a good sleep to like do our dedicate dedication to like all the effort that we put in then we also like sleep over it because uh we also need this so that like all the new things that we have learned can like come into our long-term memory can um, like adapt into our body on like the cognitive, emotional and physical uh, level. Yeah, it's so important for sure. Especially if you're doing extreme sports as an athlete, I think. You're playing with the ocean, you're out there and like you need to not be fearful of that. And so something I have actually been afraid of is going out and trying to surf. And I see people out there here in Encuentro. I, I realized, okay, in the beginning, I thought that I would be learning in deep water or like really big waves. But when I actually went out to Encuentro Beach and I saw saw the way it was and like where beginners were intermediate and like professionals out there I was like oh okay it's super shallow over there there's children doing it I'm like the children are doing it I should do it but I still have not tried I'm scared I need to get over this fear so what advice might you have for me or anyone else listening to get out there and try get in the water and try a new sport yeah (laughs) 
So I think I have to uh, start this answer with something that you, which you probably wouldn't believe me. But like t- until one half, two years ago, I have been super afraid of water. <laughs> super afraid of water. Like That's crazy. <laughs> when I was 20, let's say 11 years ago, I wouldn't dare to go more than like two or three meters into like a sea. Yeah. Because then I would be, I would be just like literally panicking. Uh-huh. Like it would, I wouldn't go. I would go because it's, it's like nice to go into sea. But then, like at certain point, I would be like panicking. Yeah. Yeah. So like my approach was <laughs> actually um, because I just loved kiting. I just I was just like so impressed by kiting. But also kiting because you're on top of the water. Yeah. Did you feel better? Yeah. It's like totally. surfing, you're more like in the water, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. But I was also surfing. Oh, okay. I, yeah. When I was like 22, I started surfing. But yeah, so like it's actually funny to, uh, like, I feel like this is something that, like, when somebody sees me and like the people wouldn't believe me because, like, honestly, like, when <laughs> well, I was doing it professionally, the first, <laughs> the first half a year I, I stayed here in Cabarete, I wouldn't know so many people, but the people would know me because I would be like every day on water. So, like, nobody would like think that I would be like afraid of water or something. Yeah. And now I'm good. So, like, my approach at that time was actually like work with all these techniques, kind of, that I know and imaginations. But then, like, the cutting point was actually this method that I used the most and it is like super powerful which is the method called EMDR where you like talk on your long-term memory and you can just reprogram any fear anything that is like limiting you from this limiting negative energy into something positive something what is on the other side on the other hand uh, just like like coming Bring up the other side. where you yeah. want to be. So, yeah. And of course, next to it, I have like so many hours on the water. That's like kind of when you you just get used to it too. So, yeah. But like, yeah, getting more comfortable. And I think it's also just like the weird fear of yeah. like the ocean and the creatures in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to be in deep water. I want to be in water that I can stand in. Yeah. It's like when you say, okay, you don't want to be at this deep. Then like we could have a look like, what is it? What is like this deep? What does that mean for you? And like exactly what you have done right now. Like <laughs> I just made exactly. a big, a big uh, horrifying face look on my face like I'm scared like yeah you're scared and like uh, the listeners cannot see it but you just like immediately like tensed all your body and uh, of course you gotta be like relaxed there (laughs) and so like with um, with this method we just like work on like a cognitive person what are your thoughts about it what are your emotions with it and what are also like the tensions you have in your body okay and so like we can like all of them like uh, release this like negative mm, negative connotation associations and put like the positive ones into it. I feel like I'm halfway there because it's like I like being in the mm-hmm. water. I love being in the ocean. I think it's just a fear of having no control. And like when I see kiters out there and they're out there, like far out there, I just see that. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I would do that because I, I would get stuck out there. And then what? <laughs> Who's going to yeah. help me? Like. So- Actually, I have really cool story too. Like when I was learning kiting, I kind of ha- uh, had the luck that I was always at like lagoons, so you can walk, you can be on your own. Oh. Like it's not deep. Yeah, you have like uh, knee high uh, yeah. water, so it was just like super cool. And then like 
this one guy that was like supervising me at that time to- would tell me like, oh, and we go like doing to do or we do this downwinders. And I'm like, what is a downwinder? So you just like start at a certain point and you just follow the coast line okay. with the wind, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why would you do that? <laughs> it was like for me there are sharks there are whatever there are things why would you do that yeah. just like, it was just like virtually something that I would never have done and right now I just loved it like two days ago like we saw a lot of water coming out there inside and then one of uh, my friends was like hey there are whales and imagine no, that whales the whales are like, yeah the whales are big, coming they're migrating yeah. so we just like go out and pretty much like what do you see now at the horizon yeah oh yeah. no I'm, I don't know <laughs> Okay, what you see at the horizon, we just went there and there were just these whales. And we were on our foils and it was just like the you best saw the whales ever. I want to see yeah. that. <laughs> it was huge. That's amazing. Uh, wow. So 10 years ago when I was learning, it was like, I no way that I would like go Think that you would ever do that. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone listening, the whales migrate down to the Dominican Republic every year to Samana Bay and they mate, they give birth. I think I'm going actually next month to see the whales. I'm super excited. I know it's super touristy, but I want to see the whales. <laughs> and they were just here in front of the house. And they're here, yeah, in front of the house here. Okay, <laughs> maybe I need to just like paddle out or something. <laughs> just sit on the board and say hi. <laughs> so water sports and kite surfing in particular have traditionally been male dominated activities. How have you overcome this? And are there any online communities offering women in extreme sports support to break down these barriers? And how has that been for you? Yeah. So as you say, like when I have started, it was like in most of the sports when I've started snowboarding and we're just also guys, you know, and, uh, but I honestly really liked it always because they would push me, you know, it, it would like push me because they would be like mostly a bit better. So I really liked it because it, I felt like, oh, I can improve there. Like, yeah, it was, it was just cool because there, there was like not fear, you know, but also at the same point, it's like, there's a lot of pressure or it's like they like you feel where does it come from who knows but you feel like they don't believe you can do it or if it's like you don't believe because of their like actions or like things they say that you cannot do it which is like so limiting it's like because of them or because of like oh it's like not something for girls it's uh, and you want to prove to them that you can do it yeah 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 kind of but it's like it's not that it's like you cannot relax so well at uh, the beginning, you know? Right. It's like you need like to really enjoy time. yourself. Exactly. It's about yeah. like, no, I can do this. I can yeah. keep up with And you. then like the worst thing is what I find, which is like, like, why couldn't I do that if you do that? Like, why not? Right. You know? <laughs> and then like the worst thing, kind of what I still have now. And I mean, there's just like some guy who doesn't even mostly know how to kite, for example. And would like want to give me advices and like you know the way of <laughs> I know better like you are just a girl uh, you know that kind of and it's like yeah. and it's like I always well I don't I mostly don't say anything I just like go out there laugh to myself and I'm like yeah like why would you wanna give me an advice you know like and it's it's impressive like I try to now to like put me on the other side because I was like a really long time. I would be, even if I had experience, a lot of experience, I would still not be like super confident, and I would like rely on the th- on like um, 
other opinions, you know, regarding like how much wind is it, like how, when can I go? And it's like super important as you just like listen to yourself, of course, to a certain point and to a certain time you need to listen to some, to the others. But then like, it's so important that like, I feel a lot of like my clients, women clients, they just like don't have this confidence even if they could have had it regarding their experience hours on or like whatever and they just like not that confident so it's like so important to like feel because like the people around you they just do other disciplines or they just do like other wind or they just like write other kites so you just like need to really feel into what is your experience what what you can write what you like and then like be more confident and so yes um there are communities i'm also part of one which is called she flies it's been a community where we just have like pretty much girls all over the world starting with kite surfing but they have there are also like other sports like snowboarding climbing wakeboarding and so yeah the idea is to what i've said like support each other like cheer up each other and one thing which is like super important is to yeah see the individual needs because like mostly like women do need a bit more time and don't rush it and just like get used to it and then like everything goes uh, much faster than in the other case if you like learn from your boyfriend and he just like rushes like uh, pretty fast and it's like yeah like you can do this or like even it doesn't need to be the boyfriend but like the, the kite instructor that just like doesn't understand that you just need a bit more time yeah and that's okay yeah. at your pace right yeah And it's really nice to hear that there's these platforms for women in sport because, you know, there is so much divide sometimes in every industry. There's this like fight for us women to prove ourselves to men that we can do it too. But, you know, maybe they're just threatened because they know maybe we can do it better. That's right. (laughs) No, but that's true, actually. Like, it's so cool now to see, like, when I wanted to skateboard in my, like, even, like, 20s it would be seen like why would you do that right and now you see like super young girls really killing it yeah like, you know like i mean <laughs> if you if you can do like if you can do gymnastics or whatever if you can do ice skating then why couldn't you do like skateboarding yeah. it's like really nice to see that they just don't have like these limiting things that yeah. i felt right for a long time mm, because maybe they were just doing it at younger ages i, mean, I, I guess it's just much more um more acceptable now it's now much more acceptable because there are probably like more people at my age having children and then like giving it to them totally yeah (laughs) okay yeah you've actually launched a new video project in collaboration with your good friend and fellow kiter and she's also an artist amazing artist sam shilvers called magnetic kiteboarding and what's this all about tell us (laughs) yeah so um we got to know each other in Cabaretta and uh, yeah, as you have said, she is an amazing artist, painter and very, very good kiteboarder who has been competing for several years too and freestyling. And um, like lately she got also very good in surf hiding, like the okay. surfboard. And yeah, so we just had this idea that like we are, and I am a psychologist and coach and so how we can make like fun, innovative videos on like kiteboarding, combining all our expertise in like other things and like 
yeah our professions and so um yeah we are like working on different funny videos like bring the kiteboarding videos into like some other way yeah yeah you've re- released a few we just released with a released one uh-huh yeah. okay i saw that one so everyone listening i will share that like on our stories and you can check it out and as well as maybe some like videos of you on the, on the water <laughs> <laughs> I'll share some of that so you, can, you guys can check out Katka's moves on the water. And so, yeah, we're going to get to this part of the, the uh, interview today. Can you share with us one or two muses in your life you'd like to give a shout out to? This good friend of mine and colleague, Polly, from England, and she's just the best person ever. Mm-hmm. I always tell to her and she's like, no, no, but she's just like the kindest person ever. And then she's like the baddest She's all around the world because she works for uh, the company I also work for, which is like world-class, called world-class academy. It's like high school, specialized in kiting. And she's a teacher there and coach. So she's a teacher and coach and she's like super smart and intelligent and like super humble and really, really like always helping to everybody, like having her eyes everywhere. And then like at the same time, she's like such a good uh, kiter. And so like, yeah, it's somebody that I really look up to. Like, you know, she's having it all. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> a mentor almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would also mention Samantha. Oh, okay. uh, That we talked about. Yeah. Uh, because like we kind of, yeah, like she's also a, somebody that like just does the thing that she loves and doesn't matter what she just does it and it's like amazing to to see it and she also like many times verbalizes things that i like have thought all of my life and um and she just like makes the things happen makes it like more reality and she's an amazing person yeah (laughs) she's so funny all right thank you for sharing we're gonna get to the follow your bliss finale question can you share with us one positive affirmation with our listeners today yes so anything you can imagine is possible yes there you (laughs) have it ladies (laughs) or gentlemen if you're if there's men listening today (laughs) it's true you know it starts with a vision it starts with manifestations you gotta say it out loud yeah. Because your words, our frequency goes into the universe. <laughs> and especially like the most important thing afterwards is to be open to any kind of combination of possibilities that can make it happen to reach your goals. Yeah, reach your goals. Dream big, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kafka, it was so nice to have you today on the podcast to share some of your insights. And, you know, you're the first professional psychologist and kiter kite surfer that has been on my podcast so it's been a pleasure and uh looking forward to sharing some of your content and yeah i mean i'm i mean i'll I'll take a look and see you out there on the water (laughs) i'll cheer you on from the shore (laughs) and and i will take you on the water oh my god (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much it was a pleasure (laughs) okay well thanks for listening everyone and see you soon